and the best experience is when you don't even know how everything went perfect for you. You're sitting there, all of a sudden your glass of wine just got filled up at the right time. You, you're not looking for anything ever. You know, that's the goal for it to happen that way every time. Good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. This is a 30-minute show dedicated to sharing an inside perspective of the Epicurean world here on Nantucket Island. You will hear from those voices who've helped create and represent this fascinating place. And lastly, we hope to educate on wine, healthy cooking, and the agricultural and sustainable community here on island. On Camille's Demi Hour, and with each show, I try to make sure I bring in people from all corners of the island, whether it's the brewer from Cisco or a farmer from Sustainable Nantucket or a chef from downtown. The guests for today's show have been on my list to talk to for a while because their place is a staple and a historic restaurant on the island. I would like to welcome my new team here in the studio today. We have David Silva, Kevin Anderson, and Chef Scott Osif. They are the team at Galley Beach and of the new spot downtown, which we will also hear about. But welcome, gentlemen. It's awesome to have you guys here. Thanks. Thanks. Great nice to be here. here. And as most people who listen to the show know that we usually begin talking about your background and your connection to Nantucket. Uh, why don't we talk with you, David? Your brother's not here, who's also part of the team. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah, I'm the managing partner. He's not in the day-to-day operations any mm-hmm. longer, but he still partners at the restaurant. And I had to bring him up because this family, you've been on island for quite a long time. You want to talk about your lineage and your connection to Nantucket? Yeah, sure. We've been on island on uh, the longest is my father's mother's mother's side of the family going back in that direction. So that would make me a sixth-generation Nantucketer. I think it's I have two or three of four grandparents that are uh, born here, uh-huh. both parents. Yeah, but the restaurant is uh, is a three-generational restaurant on my mother's side mm-hmm. of the family. You took it over in 1958, is that correct? Not me. <laughs> you look great. You look yeah, great. yeah, yeah. I wasn't born then, but... Um, uh, I took it over in 1997. Okay, but so it was. But it was always a restaurant, though. Yeah, even it was a when restaurant parents... in 1958. And my grandfather and grandmother uh, purchased a property with uh, their business partner at the time, and um, it was run. The restaurant was run by my grandmother, and then run by my mother, and then my brother and myself. So can you tell us what it was like when they were operating it in the beginning? Was it just? Yeah, you it was know... very different. Well. The history of the restaurant goes back further. It goes back to the 20s, and there was always a a beach club there. A hotel was built in the 70s. But uh, back then, the houses up on the cliff, which are still there, uh, obviously some newer ones there as well. Um, But those folks would come down fully dressed, coat and tie, and come get changed in these little changing rooms that the beach club still has and go to the beach. And the restaurant was there, and you know, before right before my mother took it over, and during the first years, it was still really the clam shack, hot dog stand, soda fountain sort of. And they'd place. be in suit and tie even for that. No, no, that was later. <laughs> so that was in the seventies. So, in uh, my mother um, took it over in the seventies, and then seventy nine, it became uh, another kind of restaurant, open to the public. Um, there, used, there was always a public way window in my memory. It sort of transformed at that point and uh, was open. It was only open for lunch before and then became lunch and dinner and uh, a little bit more on the fine dining side of things. Do you know why your family got into the business, into the restaurant industry? 
Uh, no, I know that we were. There were other grandparents. Um, what would it be? My uh, great grandparents that were involved in Nantucket in the restaurant business as well. So there was some of that going back in history. But uh, part of it was accidental, I think. I think on my my grandfather's side, he he had worked at the Beach Club as uh, when he was a young man, and um, had a feeling for. It. He was in the airline business actually before purchasing that property. Wow, so it's come a long way, and but you didn't accidentally jump into it. Uh, I did a little bit, uh-huh. you know. Uh, I wasn't necessarily thinking that was the path, but um, when it presented itself, it seemed like a good idea. Yeah. Now, Chef, what about you? What was your path like? How did you come to Nantucket? Via Budapest, Hungary, 5 a.m., uh, <laughs> drinking in a basement, meeting some guy that worked here the summer before. And uh, Is, Can this continue? Can the story be, be aired and go on? <laughs> We'll cut cut that point there. Um, Someone I stayed in touch with, and I was working in New York City at the time, and uh, came up to just hang out here and spend a summer on, I think I heard Kentucky when they said Nantucket, because I didn't really know what Nantucket was, to be honest. So um, You get a lot of that, that Kentucky, Kentucky, especially in Europe. (laughs) And uh, and it's been home pretty much ever since, about 15 years ago. And have you been working in restaurants since you arrived? Yes, the galley, pretty much the whole time. Great. And what and, and what about you, Kevin? What brought you? Uh, what brought me to Nantucket I, when I graduated law school? Uh, my college roommate told me to move out here and study for the bar exam. And Because uh, it was a peaceful place? Because it was a, a good place to get some studying done. Uh, what time of year was this? This was summer. <laughs> it went well. I passed the bar. But been in the restaurant industry now for 15 years. And uh, it, I went to law school as a way to get out of the restaurant industry and David and his brother Jeffrey hired me directly out of law school to go back into the business. And uh, since then, it's been pure bliss, right, right David? I, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> How did you meet? Through uh, Just through people on the island, the small community that this is, the, the great place that Nantucket is. People had heard you know, that I have the restaurant background and that you know, I was an attorney, and they kind of set up a meeting with, with David, myself, and Jeffrey at the Old Bean on Center Street and uh, told them about traveling through Europe and my love for the industry and Hired me right there. So how does being a lawyer work with the restaurant industry? How, uh, how does that benefit you? It's more helpful than you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It's, uh, it's It's been good. I mean, I, I, I'm licensed in Connecticut, so I don't practice in Massachusetts. Some say that's the... That's the, this is the lawyer joke that everybody loves. I'm the best type, the non-practicing type of attorney. Uh, so, you know, just advice here and there, recommendations here and there is very beneficial. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I do not practice, which is... I have to say that legally because I am licensed in Connecticut and Connecticut only. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yep. Uh, and Chef, your background, you said you've worked with just the galley, no one else on island? I've worked at quite a few restaurants in, on island uh, for, for short stints, you know, kind of cusp season. What makes the the gel work between you guys? Um, have we figured that out? Uh, 90, <laughs> 90, 90 hours a week. <laughs> we, we, all, we all get along. We, I think, communicate pretty well. And mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've gotten to know each other over the years. So... Uh, Sometimes we can finish each other's sentences. Can sentences. you guys help me out there? <laughs> <laughs> so you did leave at one point and go into Boston and then return. Um, what was that experience about? I was in a relationship at the time. You know, it came to an end and somehow ended up coming you know, back home, as I put it at the time. And I took it home. Back to you, David. Tell us about some of the hardships of owning that property right on the water. You did wow. a renovation. You did a renovation in 2008. Was we did. Was it a needed one? What, it was, what wear and tear? It was needed. Yep. It was uh, required by building department. Actually, told us we <laughs> had to do it. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of wear and tear down there. Of course, northeasters hit 
that place pretty hard. We dig it out of the sand every year. So uh, it takes about a month to open, which is unlike, you know, a restaurant in town where, you know, obviously you can leave it and walk back in. So we, uh, we spend a lot of time getting the place ready. And then closing is also a process. But, right. um, but it's fun. It's a great place to be. And, you know, for us to uh, have people come in there and just sit there on the beach and be able to eat the kind of food that Scott's making for them and have them step out of time for a little bit and remember those moments is great. That's the most satisfying thing about it. Yeah. So like in real estate, they say location, location, location. And for you, anyone who's been there to Galley Beach, it's a memorable experience. How do you talk about Galley Beach? How do you describe, paint that picture for those people who are listening and have never been there? Okay. Uh, Well, it's on the water. It's on the northwest shore of the island. Luckily for us, during our season, the sun sets right in front of the restaurant. And so, you know, you have these, every night is different. Every night is Uh, a special occasion. We have some cancellations when it rains, but those are some of my favorite times down there when thunderstorms come rolling across from the Cape. And I have a great shot, actually, that one of the bus guys took that is of lightning hitting the water uh, right, you know, he just happened to snap it perfectly. And it it, it is, uh, that's maybe even more favorite time for me than the sun setting is some of those storms coming across the ocean. Awesome. Well, if you're just listening, we are speaking to the team from Galley Beach. We have the owner, David Silva, with his partners, Kevin Anderson, and the chef, Scott Osif. And so you were just talking about the look and feel of Galley, of the Galley. Can I call it the Galley? Because everyone calls it the Galley. You can. I mean, some people call it Galley Beach, too, but uh, you can call it the Galley if you like. Um, Well, what do you prefer? (laughs) Uh, We call it both, you know. It depends. I mean, we answer the phone, Galley Beach, Galley Beach. uh, But, you know, people refer to it as Galley. You know, everybody shortens names. So Well, it's a beautiful place, and you were just trying to paint the picture of what it's like to experience it there. I've been fortunate to travel to the south of France, and Mm -hmm. I know that you try to describe those experiences when you're sitting on the Mediterranean, and that lifestyle there is very beach and coastal driven, and it's very laid back with transcontinental chairs, and I think you try to take pride in trying to duplicate that. Do you want to talk about the French background and even the decor tries to reflect that? Yeah. Um, so it being a generational restaurant, when when the that idea, the south of France sort of vibe came in was uh, my mother, my um, uh, stepfather traveling. He's European and they were traveling in the south of France. And they said to themselves, this is really what the restaurant should be like. The first renovation in my memory was in 79 when they built um, – a uh, a flower box going all the way around the seating, which in the renovation, we, we kept that element. And so you have these fl- flowers planted all the way around and looking out through them to the ocean. And that that, that vibe, you you know, you get in uh, St. Bart's and uh, my wife and I travel down there uh, occasionally and you pick up that same sort of everybody drinking a glass of rosé mm-hmm. on the beach during the daytime. I think it's a Nantucket vibe now, too, though. Mm-hmm. And what's the Nantucket vibe? I think the Nantucket vibe is the same thing in, in some ways that, you know, you have a mixture of people here, especially in the summertime, from longtime Nantucketers like myself uh, to summer residents who come from uh, some very powerful kinds of jobs. But here they seem more relaxed. And you often get, you know, all these different people sitting next to each other just 
letting loose. And, you know, I, I don't think you get that quite in other places quite as much. It is a place where you want to unwind once you get off that ferry or get right. off that plane. Kevin, so what have you experienced working with the team here? And what have you learned about the community and the people of Nantucket? I guess uh, how close the community is, how tight-knit it is, how everybody knows each other. You know, that goes a real long way out here. I, I My world, you run out of printer paper. You, you know, you run you run to Jetty's next door. You go to, you know, it's, it's a very close community, especially the restaurant industry out here. And uh, we all care very much about each other and... Uh, I think in house in galley and as well as you know within the whole restaurant community together um i think everybody in the community likes going out to you know to each other's restaurants so it's um, equally supportive as competitive oh yeah i i don't even really feel a competition i think i think, I think nantucket provides so much that it's it's a. Uh, yeah i don't think it's so competitive i think i think the the what what comes to nantucket the mass of people that come to nantucket you know provides for everybody i think and, I, and that's the other thing that i i wanted to say about nantucket is that the being a year-round resident, seeing the winter to summer is, is a very special thing. I mean, you know, in February, you'd never imagine what Main Street looks like in August, you know, and vice versa. So I, I love that about Nantucket, too. Do you have something to say, Chef? Yeah, I mean, to speak about the competition, for instance, I think we, we like to promote the other, mm-hmm. a very broad-spread family, I think, in the, in the restaurant community and, and beyond that. But uh, it's the easy, easiest one to talk about for us. It's oftentimes that <clears throat> reservations are booked and... They're asking where to go, and we have numerous restaurants that we can say, hey, we're happy to send you there, and you know, I think that's a good thing. Right. So, Chef, you seem to have a lot of cultural influence in your food from what I've seen. Why don't you tell us about your culinary background and some of your mentors or and influences? Yeah. Um, I had two chefs in particular in my life, I suppose, uh, earlier on that influenced me quite a bit, one in Pennsylvania and one in New York City. And, um, you know, coming when I started coming to Nantucket, I started to travel the world more. And just bring bring other flavors into into the world of of just my fingers and see what a lot of stuff I'm not really trained on. Some mm-hmm. things I've just worked with myself for quite a while. Tried to go plus and minus on and see what works for me and what doesn't. Now I'm doing a lot of what I think is very clean food, very bright food, and you know it's different than what I was doing five years ago. Hopefully it'll be different next year as well. So when you say clean and bright, I have a wine background, so I know what that means in my own mind, in my own palate. What does that mean to you? What does clean and bright mean? Yeah, I think a lot of this comes from being at the galley and serving the kind of clientele we do. And the people that we're serving feel like want healthy, flavorful summer food. I, that's kind of broad, but, but it points you in certain directions, like acid uh, citrus, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, a lot of bright South American flavors. I think all of those eventually make their way onto some plates and in the uh, element of local vegetables and local seafood and as local as we can find meats and what we're putting on the plates. Have you noticed that that's improved over the years with slowly growing farms on island and even in the New England area? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, on the island, it's becoming pretty amazing, actually. The growing season's not as long as we'd like it to be, but... What about the fishing industry? Has it gotten better? How has it evolved? I don't know. That's that's tough. It changes from time to time. I mean, if you, if you talk about bay scallops, I mean, that seems to be depleting every year. And there's there's talk about growing the eelgrasses and what have you. And I mean, mind you, that's not our season that we're open, so we don't have to deal with that so much. But it's some, such a such a treat on this island to have so locally. You know? Right. Is there any ingredient or anything that you're obsessed with right now? I know, I know a lot of chefs get obsessed about ingredients. Is there something that's kind of in your mind that you're getting inspired for for the season? Um, there's this fish sauce salt called Bliss that I love. It's pretty pretty amazing product. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's I can't think of one in particular. There's 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 quite a few, but uh, we just did some 
some photo shoots the other day, and there were some interesting ingredients, a lot of local seafood and mm -hmm. some burnt items and fresh leaves that are coming out of the ground and uh, seaweed just from out in front of the restaurant is, is mm -hmm. fun to use. Yeah, there's nice. loads. So during the winter months, have you been working on this new project or have you been taking some time off exploring new other restaurants, other areas? All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've been pretty busy. We Talk about work. what the downtime's like for a seasonal hard employee here. We don't work 14 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe eight. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it's everybody thinks that there is downtime, but I think it's, uh, I mean, David slightly alluded to this. Every year when we open Galley, it's like opening a brand new restaurant. It's not just, you know, oh, we did it last year. We can unlock the doors and turn the lights on and, and let's do it. There's a lot to be done. Uh, it's a lot to catch up on because the season is so busy. Uh, but, you know, as Scott said, it's not, you know, it's not 12 hour days. It's, like, you know, more of an eight-hour eight hour day. But I know that uh, we do take advantage of the time. I know David loves to travel. We all love to travel. We all love to see uh, see what else is out there in the world. And Oh, yeah. I mean, we think to at least run the restaurant the way we want to, that close mid-October, we have about two weeks to put the physical space to bed and have sort of exit meetings. And so November is a time that we have off, you know, that in, you know, the holiday season. And then at January, we're basically back to work full time, meaning that we're looking at hiring. We travel a bit just to hire people. And, you know, housing is always a challenge on Nantucket. So that's a big component of trying to work that out for a lot of people. And we do a certain amount of uh, weddings, rehearsal dinners, corporate events, all that kind of stuff. So th those take a bit of time as well. And just getting the place in order. And this year with After House, you know, that's a whole new project that we've been working on in town. Um, so that's the three of us together uh, as partners. And we're very, very excited about it. It's a great little 30-seat wine and raw bar, seafood-focused menu that's, uh, that I think is going to be a lot of fun. We did a little pop-up when we didn't know the name. We had no name, no <laughs> sign, no advertising that no we were going to open. And we were... Well, it was stroll, but we were we had a lot of people uh, in and out of there, so it was a lot of fun. It was just the three of us running it too, because we had we had no employees either, um, besides ourselves, and uh, so that was that was a really great little bonding moment for us over the winter. <laughs> so this is the new project downtown, and yep. it's the first season, and it's called After House. The establishment is where the former Merceau was, correct? Exactly. Yep. Right around the Th corner. That's correct. Yep. Yes. So that's a new little hotbed with Graydon House and you guys now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we love those guys at Graydon House, too. Uh, they did such an amazing job there. But being across the street from them, having Dune on your left, the Longo Dock, of course, corner table on the right. Uh, You're in you know, a good spot. The street, yeah. Uh, there's so many good places right around there. We, we love that street. And the spot itself is so quaint and has so it's sort of a little magical feeling that yeah. you have to duck to get in the door. You go down a couple steps. It's. It has another yeah. European feel, too. It does. That kind of matches the galley in a way. Yeah, it does. And the name, too, because uh, After House is a structure on a whaling ship. The building was built 1830, so in that in that era. And uh, the galley on a whaling ship was usually, in most cases, right next to the After House, which is where sailors would hang out to get out of the weather, tell a story, drink a beer, share stories with friends, that kind of thing. So there's that connection, but it's... We're very happy to be on that street. So you're just going to divide and conquer your time, chef. You're going to be consulting on both. Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be spending most of my time at the galley, but, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll I'll be up there, you know, every day, just checking on things and 
making sure everything's fresh. Be a place where everything's everything has to be fresh. That's what yep. the focus of the restaurant is going to be based on, at least the food. And with the galley, the location, the food, the atmosphere, you, you can't beat it. And the prices do reflect that. So how do you guarantee that it's that everything is being covered from the front to the back of the house to make sure that experience is, is worth it? Well, um, you know, we do a lot of training. Uh, we have a week of orientation always. We try to uh, instill in the staff, both dining room and kitchen, you know, what our aim is. and uh, Which is? Well, what we really want is the guest experience for us not to interfere in it more than anything. What I, what I tell um, servers at the restaurant is that, you know, at any table of people are sort of in their own bubble. There'll be some that, you know, want to get to know you and where are you from, that kind of thing. And, you know, in that case, of course, engage them. But often people are there with their friends and the best experience is when you don't even know how everything went perfect for you. You're sitting there, all of a sudden your glass of wine just got filled up at the right time. You, you're not looking for anything ever. Mm-hmm. Everything just happens perfectly for you. And, um, you know, that's the goal for it to happen that way. Every time plate that you get that comes in front of you is exactly how you expected it. All of those things. And that's that's just caring, you know. I think an important thing in our industry that is sometimes forgotten is that it's really a noble thing to do, that to serve people and to make these moments in their life just memorable and beautiful is is a great, you know, enjoyable thing to be able to do for other people. It's an honor at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. It's an honor. So you're turning a new page with After House and the galley is on its what which season? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, For me... Running the show there, it's been, it will be the 20th. How do you see the future of the galley? Well, I I think it's just an iconic place that will go on. I mean, one of the things I also tell staff at the very beginning is, you know, this place will exist without any of us. So if I get run over by a bus, it will go on, I think, because I think it is a place that people want to be there. We We have from, you know, people that come two or three nights a week, to folks that come every birthday or, you know, they got engaged on the beach somewhere around there and they come every anniversary or they were married there. Every single night there's special occasions. And and then, you know, you have people who've never been there and have just discovered it too, which is, you know, those are sometimes my favorite people to be there because you get to uh, we live it again. Something. Yeah, 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 exactly. You get right. to see it through their eyes. Right. Well, great. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you here. Our time's already up, if you believe it. It's been great <laughs> talking to you guys. And I really wish you the best of luck. I've Thank spoken you. to some other people opening restaurants this year. So I know it's a big challenge. And really, at least you have the community all behind you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you to those who are listening. This is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Tune in next weekend, Saturdays and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. Have a great rest of your weekend. Cheers. And I would like to thank my sponsor, Nantucket Culinary. Food is love. Food is learning. Food is fun. Welcome to Nantucket Culinary, a home for sharing, celebrating, and conserving the island's unique heritage. Events, dinners, and classes. Come join us downtown at 22 Federal Street on the corner of Broad and Federal. (laughs) 